0: Hey, what's up and welcome back to the podcast, the Street Smart Sports podcast. Uh, Ross, how are we doing this morning, this fine uh, Friday morning? I'm cold. It is cold. I'm wearing sweatpants
1: and a hoodie. This is the best kind of weather.
0: It really is the best kind of weather. If you're unfamiliar with Oklahoma, if for some reason you're listening and you are not from the state of Oklahoma... Weather changes uh, usually go by the 20s, and so we go from 70 to 50, 50 to 30, yep. or sometimes we go 50 to 70, sometimes even 50 to 100. You never know. Like you never know what's going to happen here. Um, but nevertheless, we are here uh, ready to inform you, ready to let you know what is going on. Um and give you our specific takes, whether you like it or not. Um, we have our own opinions, our strong opinions,
1: and they typically tend to be the right opinions. I
0: feel like they're the right
1: opinions. So either you jump <laughs> on the train, or you must enjoy being wrong.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of in the Colin Cowherd mindset right now. That tweet where he was just like, <laughs> "I basically I tweet so that you I get money. I like, tweet. I, so I say get these money. things so I can get money. Like I say these irrational things so that." Basically, I get the bag. He doesn't believe in anything he says. <laughs> no. No. Um, but I would be remiss if we didn't talk about the Cleveland Browns. Oof. It's a big oof. For, like, their whole season so far. It, watching, it's hard to watch them play. It, for me, it's hard to watch them play. They're just
1: There's no part about the Browns that are good.
0: No, they they have a horrible offensive line. Um, their defense is is, is all right. Um, it's not fantastic. They have talented guys, but they can't get it to get, They can't get it together. It's not a team. They have it talent, look like but a no team. team. Right. It it doesn't look like they're playing well together or they're on the same page at all. And usually, when that's the case, it's usually on the head coach. I mean, that's that's a culture thing. Head coach, definitely. But the headlines are going to say that it's Baker's fault or it's Odell's fault or it's the O-line's fault, where, yeah, it might be some of their fault. But as a coach, you've got to know what your strengths are. And you know that Baker does not do well as the play goes on. So we have to design plays and runs to where we can get the ball out quickly. And I was seeing these gadget plays for Odell that would only get like seven yards. And I'm like, okay, you almost got a first down, but you can't do that every time.
1: They're being trying to be way too creative without being practical because they can't do the easy things right.
0: Right. It's like trying to... um It's like literally, it's like trying to build, I don't know, I don't know why this analogy came to my mind. It's like trying to build an airplane without ever knowing how to like lay a blueprint of something. And you just kind of go at it. Yeah. And you're like, oh,
1: I think a wing goes
0: here. Yeah. (laughs) Engine goes
1: here, I'm pretty sure. I've seen airplanes before. Yeah. But you have no idea what you're doing.
0: There's a formula for a specific team that works. So like, for example, the 49ers who eviscerated the Browns, they ran all over them. They're not going to beat you through the air. They have, um, they don't have great receivers. They have George Kittle, who is really a, a great tight end, and is probably going to step in the place of Gronk, like yes. Gronk has left, and he's the new Gronk. And Kyle, um, Kyle, Han- Kyle Shanahan over there has got a well, well oiled offense going on over there. Um, it's a thing of beauty. They look good. Yeah, they look really good. He does. He he does a masterful work over there, and. Freddie Kitchens does not. Very predictable play calling. Um, never really seemed to call the right plays at the right time. So I don't have much hope for the rest of the Browns season. Especially they this week, like playing the Seahawks. Seahawks. Russ yeah. Wilson's about to carve them up. And even though it's at the Browns... I I don't think that makes really any difference. The Browns are 0-2 being... at home this year. Yeah, so they, they even play better away. So, um, I just, I there's no way that they're going to be able to keep up with the Seahawks, especially with the way Russell Wilson has been playing. The panic button late. is blaring. Oh, yeah. If you were back for listening to our podcast about the panic button, I mean, it is on red alert. I mean, it is red t- alert. It is red alert. I don't know what I would do if I was in the Browns situation. I I would try and get an offensive line by whatever means possible. Because if you don't have a good offensive line, it's really hard to really have anything going. Because you don't have good pass protection and you don't have good run blocking. So you got to establish at least a good left tackle, maybe a guard.
1: Yeah, they need a better offensive line. Baker looks absolutely lost.
0: He does look lost. He looks like he's
1: regressing. He looks like he's regressing, and I understand that people have sophomore slumps. It's a real thing, but this looks like more than a sophomore slump. Am I wrong by saying that? No, he I, I don't think
0: so. No, no, he looks bad, and I'm, I'm not letting my I'm not letting my bias get in the way of uh, the Baker take because he he really it has not looked good. I mean, it really really has not looked good at all. Not not what I saw in college, and really even his freshman rookie year, year yeah. in the NFL. So I'm wondering what it is. I, I I don't know. He has more weapons than he did last year. And I'm wondering if it's there's this pressure from Odell that he's like, hey, you need to get me the ball, you need to get me the ball, you need to get me the ball. And it's forcing Baker to do things that he wouldn't normally do. I don't know. I, literally, I'm just speculating. I'm trying to figure out what is going on over there. And it's, are the Browns always going to be the Browns? Will the Browns really ever be good unless Lincoln Riley goes over there and does something? That's a
1: really interesting point. I've always wondered that with certain sports teams that have just historically been bad. Right. Are they just destined to be bad? Is there a theory behind this? Because I would love to read it. Because I feel like it's true. Yeah. Like, I think of the Browns, prime example. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Browns Especially, are gonna brown. I mean, yeah, football-wise, the Browns, and as of recent memory, the Miami Dolphins have never really been a fantastic team in in my memory. I mean, I know they had Dan Marino, but after that, it's kind of just like...
1: I'm trying to think, what's the basketball version of the Browns?
0: Well, right now it's the Knicks, but the they Knicks. used to be good. True. They used to be all right. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I feel like there's a few teams that you could put in there in that category, but just there's this systematic losing at the Browns that you don't normally get in other and I think it's because football is such a team sport so like in basketball you get like the number 1 draft pick if you you know if you have the worst season or if you get the lottery pick and most of the time if you get the lottery or you're anywhere in that in that mix you have a bad team and Whereas in football, yeah, if you're the worst record, you get a brand new, like, number one draft pick. But, I mean, as we see with the Browns and as we saw with the Giants and the Jets when they got um, Baker, Saquon, and Darnold, all three of those teams haven't really done anything because it's not dependent on that one person. You have to depend on everyone else. It's it's such a different – it's a different sport. So – I really think it's going to take a head coach to, to turn around the Browns because we used to say like, well, if the Browns would just get a good play, get some good players. OK, if you put those players, if you put this team and put them under the direction of uh, John Harbaugh or under the direction of a. Um, well, I almost said Mike Tomlin, but Mike Tomlin has had a crappy year with the Steelers. Um, put him under a Bill Belichick, put him under a Pete Carroll, put him under, um, someone like that. Yeah. And I feel like that's a really good team. Um, and that leadership is crucial, crucial for, for football. I feel like they need a hard nosed head coach who set some culture. Yes. Yes. Not someone that's going to let Especially players walk all over with them. that team. There's a lot of divas. There's a lot of personalities on that team. A lot of personalities. Uh, OBJ. <laughs> I'm looking at you. Yeah. Well, and even Jarvis. Jarvis, Jarvis has a little, you know.
1: Like Miami. it or not,
0: Baker. Oh, Baker does, yeah. Baker's 100%. a diva. And that, people say that's that's part of the reason why they like him is because of his personality. But you still have to manage that. <laughs> you have I to mean, manage it. So, it, it's, it's going to become a theme more and more, I feel like, with the players that are going to enter the NFL. Like, they're going to have that chip. They're yeah. going to. They're going to be more and more like this, and so coaches are going to have to adapt and figure out like how are we going to how are we going to handle these personalities, and if we can't, how can we leverage the assets to then get something back in return, like an offensive line or something like that? I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. Ultimately, it's up to John Dorsey to figure out the head coach, and if he thinks Freddie Kitchens can actually do something, and I think this season will show that Freddie Kitchens. And it's unfair because it's his first year. To like based off of that, but I just feel like I don't know. I haven't seen enough. I, I see too many penalties, I see too many culture issues for me to have confidence in the future for Freddie Kitchens. It's gonna take a big time
1: turnaround. Yeah, it is. For him.
0: It is. Um, but they have the Seahawks this week in a game that I think they will lose, and they will be two and four. Um that Seahawks Rams game last week was something insane. Else. It was something else. I mean, that was, that was, these Thursday night games have always been good. I mean, they even have the one been. last night was good. Yeah. Kind of. I mean, Patriots just made some mistakes and the Giants were in it. But still, I mean, Thursday night is way better than Monday night. Oh, I'll tell you that.
1: <laughs> if you want our reactions to Monday night football, listen to our last
0: podcast when we obliterate Monday night football. Right. Not even so much about the game as is the commentary, commentary that goes on and is allowed to happen by ESPN. I think the
1: NFC West is a – could be one of the best divisions in football. Oh, yeah. With the Seahawks, the 49ers, the Rams,
0: RIP to the Cardinals. They're not very good, but <laughs> – No. But, but they're a talented team, and they, 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 have, they have talent. They can do something. They can do something. They'll get their first win on Sunday against the Dolphins.
1: Yeah. Oh, without a doubt. Hopefully,
0: <laughs> hope I hope so. If they had to lose to the Dolphins, that is, that is gut wrenching. It's hard to believe that at an NFC West, like out of the forty, not, like you said, out of the 49ers, the Seahawks, and uh, the Rams, that one of those teams is not going to make it to the playoffs, Yeah. Or one or two of those teams is not going to make it to the playoffs. Yeah, because all three of those teams are all right right now. Really, the Rams are having the most trouble out of those the Rams. Three teams. Yeah. 49ers have surprised me, and I think it was because Jimmy Garoppolo tainted my vision of him in that game against the Broncos. Yeah. I really thought that we were going to see more of that. I,
1: the 49ers and the Rams play this weekend. They and do. That's I have my eye on that game because if the 49ers win, that
0: almost shuts the door on the Rams. That would make the Rams 3-3. and uh, It's tough to come back from because then you've, you've got a – assuming that the seahawks win you've got five a 5 and, and, one and 1 seahawks team and a 5 six, and 0 um, 49ers team yes yes that is, that's a very good point um, that that really could the rams could be in trouble they really could be in trouble and um, it's unfortunate because it's one of the better teams i feel like they yeah. just have played some crappy or, or they've, they've played some pretty good teams yeah they have um, now you know, the Chiefs, of course, are leading their division. There are some, you know, AFC North has the Ravens, Browns, and Steelers. I mean, we can pretty much rule out the Steelers and the Bengals at this point. So it's going to be a race between the Ravens and the Browns. Ravens are 3-2, and two, Browns are 2-3. and three.
1: And the um, Ravens have
0: not looked good. Lamar Jackson no. has come back down to earth. He really has. He really has. It's, it's why we don't really want to overreact to the first couple or maybe first three games is because defenses watch film and they pick up on, you know, what the mistakes of past defenses did. And that's what they're going to do to Lamar. They're basically the formula to stop Lamar is to just blitz the crap out of him. Make him make mistakes because if you give him time to sit back in the pocket, he can either run or make the throw and given Given just a few seconds, Lamar will probably not make the right decision. And if you're blitzing him, he probably can't get around you and go run. Um, so be, you know, if you're watching the Ravens this week, be on the lookout for the defense to blitz the crap out of him because that's the that's how you stop a running quarterback is you either spy him or you you blitz the ever loving daylights out of him, um, especially if he's not a good. Um, If he's not an elite arm talent, you know what the most interesting division is for me is the, the NFC North. And I will tell you why Mm. the green Bay Packers have a revitalized defense, which is making their lives easier on offense. But the Detroit lions are so, I don't know what's going on. Like they, they look good. They, They look solid. Matt Stafford's always been a good quarterback. He has been, he has and been. he
1: has good weapons around him, um, and their
0: defense is good. They're yeah. they're a complete they're they're a complete team. It's really an underrated part of their team. Is their it is? Defense. And then you've got the Bears and the Vikings. Now, the only reason the Vikings are interesting is if Kirk Cousins can somehow become a good quarterback.
1: If he plays like he did last week, he played pretty good last week. Mm-hmm. Better. But what's,
0: what's interesting is there's only one offense out of those four teams that you could say is like elite and trusted, trustworthy, and that's the Packers. Yep. Because I'm not putting my faith in the Lions' offense, Bears' yep. offense, or Vikings' offense. Yep. So it's really a heavy, heavy defensive division um, that I think the Packers will end up winning. But it'll be interesting to see who comes in that second or maybe even wild card spot from the AFS, from the NFC North. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, this, this year for quarterbacks has been so weird.
1: It's just a, it's a weird year of football. There's
0: so many backup quarterbacks playing right now. There are. And playing at a decent level, like not at a like elite level, but like competent, like the Jaguars aren't in the, they're not Oh and five.
1: Yeah, Gardner Minshew, not Minshew bad. Minshew has
0: led them. Jacoby Brissett. Yep. You know what's funny about the Patriots is it's like the Patriots are the new version of the Gruden QB camp because you have Brissett, yep. who is at the Patriots, who is now starting quarterback uh, for a winning team. They're above 500. They're three and two. You have Jimmy Garoppolo, yep. who is undefeated right now, um, and then you got Tom Brady. Three starting quarterbacks, three really. Quarterbacks that have played very well. Yeah. So, whatever's going on over there, uh, it's, I feel like good John Gruden gave them all their notes. I gave them all his notes. Something. Like, this, this is what I say. You do this. I don't know. Um, but nevertheless, we still have commentators and analysts that say stupid things. What was the stupid thing that we heard this week? <sighs>
1: David Carr, he's an analyst on NFL Network,
0: and he
1: was going through the preview for the Chiefs-Texans game this weekend, and he said that the Texans have an advantage at quarterback. Patrick Mahomes, people, is still alive. He's still throwing the ball. He's still playing quarterback for the Kansas City Chiefs, and David Carr has the Audacity to say that the Texans have an advantage at quarterback? I get that Pat Mahomes is hobbled. And I understand that the offensive line right now is also a patchwork quilt um, of an offensive line. But am I wrong to say that Patrick Mahomes is still top two quarterback in the league, even with no receivers, really no running game, no offensive line, and a bum
0: left ankle? Yeah, no, you're not. I mean, he, we we know, everyone knows the talent that, um, that, that Patrick Mahomes has. You have Deshaun Watson who has a great left tackle now who can give him some time to throw, and he has a receiver that is not hurt, his star receiver that is not hurt in DeAndre Hopkins. It, I mean, you can't compare the two right now. Like, it's not even close. Like no. Deshaun Watson, yeah, he's a good quarterback, but really? Better than Patrick Mahomes? Really? Yeah. <laughs> like I don't understand. I I don't I don't I don't get that. Is it because he used to play for the Texans
1: that he said that? You know what? Here's my theory. David Carr back whenever the draft was going on had a little throwing competition with Patrick Mahomes on oh, who could yeah. throw a football harder. Pat Mahomes blew him out of the water. And since then, he's been a little salty. Seems like there's a little resentment there. He's been a little salty
0: towards Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. <laughs> so I think that's the underlying issue here. It may be. It may be. Because he, for someone to let that slip out of their mouth is... He got he got his pride hurt. He got a little butt hurt over
1: Pat Mahomes being better than him. And he wasn't even in the league yet. <laughs>
0: I, yeah, I I don't know. It's the Chiefs are still four and one, and they have a better record than the Texans. I mean, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. I, the Chiefs might lose, but that doesn't mean that Deshaun is better than Patrick Mahomes. You got a Chiefs, pretty much a Chiefs team that is hobbling and can't stay healthy. Hopefully, they figure it. Or, people return by the end of the season because if not it's going to be it's not going to be it's not going to go well Nope. it's not going to go well at all um so speaking of like patrick mahomes who is the uh, reigning mvp from last year we've had some pretty good players step up we've had some pretty good players step up and be I would say MVP candidates. It's a really close MVP race this year, for sure. One is Russell Wilson. I forget how just how good Russell Wilson is. I need
1: to look up his stats again. I saw something this week where he's like first in a lot of big-time passing stats. Um, I believe it. The man can throw. He's unbelievable. He really is. Um, and the way he's leading the Seahawks team um, to a four. I mean, I, I didn't think – I didn't really know anything about the Seahawks coming into the season. Hmm. And I feel like he's really kind
0: of put them on his back. Yeah. Yeah, he has. He has. As he should. I mean, he's the best player on that team. He hasn't thrown an interception this year. He's thrown 12 touchdowns. He's completing 73% of his passes. Yeah, so he's first in passing
1: touchdowns. Um, first in comp- completion
0: percentage. So, I mean, yeah. That's big time. That's big time. And I, I feel like he's going to keep playing like that throughout the rest of the season. I mean, they're good team. Really, they're a good team. They they can do a lot of damage. They're really – their offense is is above average. It's not an elite, but it's above average. And they also have an above average defense. It's got Bobby Wagner and they got some players over on that defensive side of the ball. Yeah. So, they're a team to watch out for. It's tough to imagine that both them and the uh, – what's it called? The 49ers are in the same division. It's kind of unfair, but um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Um I also like Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is is a freaking stud.
1: He's a do it all guy. He
0: really is. He is a
1: fantasy. He's a Swiss player's Army guy. dream. Oh yeah. Cause you get all the rushing yards, you get receiving yards, you
0: get touchdowns. The guy does it all. He really does. And the Panthers don't count them out. I mean they're three and two. They're second in their division. McCaffrey is uh, has already rushed for almost 600 yards, averages about five and a half yards a carry, and he has almost 300 yards receiving. I mean, he really is just he he allows you to do so much on offense. It's almost it's almost impossible to scheme against. Yeah, and if Cam Newton, when he comes back, is a competent thrower as well as runner, it's Really hard to stop what's going on with them. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, McCaffrey, you line him up in the slot. Yeah, you can run him
1: out of the backfield. He can pound it down your throat. I mean, you got to take him seriously
0: in all and every, in every all aspects. Yeah, all aspects. Um. So I would still I would still say Mahomes is my favorite. He hasn't. I haven't seen any regression. I've actually seen him get better, more confident. So he's still my favorite to win MVP, but it's also fun getting to watch Russell Wilson and Christian McCaffrey get to do their thing. Yeah. Um, now, we talked about the LA Rams and how they, um, they may not make it to the playoffs this year. They might be snubbed because they're in a really good division. Much like the Los Angeles Dodgers were uh, cut from the playoff race, uh, not last night, the night before, the night before, the night yep. before. and now we are to the divisional championship Yeah. NL, a, NLCS and in the, ALCS. Yeah, yep. What a showing from the St. Louis Cardinals.
1: I said cards in five. You
0: did say cards in five. I did
1: not expect the fifth game to go the way it did though.
0: I, I didn't either. I'll I don't think honest. anybody
1: did 10 runs in the first inning.
0: I think we would be remiss if we didn't say that, it is by the grace of God you won game four.
1: If Freddie by Freeman doesn't tip that ball off his glove, we're not scoring those <laughs> runs. It is no. by the grace of God that we won that game. <laughs> ben Patterson, if you're listening to this, I just want to offer my condolences. I'm sorry that game five went the way that it did. <laughs> I would have enjoyed a more competitive game, but... I will take moving on, especially against the Washington Nationals. I'll take that every day of the Oh, week. my gosh. What a... How did that happen? <laughs> the Dodgers are the biggest choke artist when it comes to the playoffs. Poor Dodgers fans.
0: Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Dodgers fans. What was with... I saw... Um, you could speak mm-hmm. into this more since you played baseball longer than I did. But when they put in Clayton Kershaw at the end of the game, I saw some people were upset about that. Were you upset about that? Do you think that was a bad move, or do you think they should have done that?
1: I was upset about it just from the standpoint that Clayton Clayton Kershaw can't pitch in the postseason. So I wasn't really upset. I was like, bring him in. I had to give (laughs) us some bombs, and he did. Um, I don't hate it. When it comes to the postseason, you work your bullpen a little differently. Because it is such a do or die situation, mm-hmm. and I understand, like the Nationals brought in Scherzer, who's their ace. I think the night, the game before, yeah. in relief, um, just to help shut down. Because the bullpen, sometimes your bullpen pitchers you don't really know. Sometimes, yeah. The Dodgers have a great bullpen though, so I, I question, I question why they would do that.
0: I just think. Clayton Kershaw is not a he's not a closer. No, like you're still pitching, but he's not a closer.
1: And you just some guys are just not good in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, they're just not, and he's one of those guys, and you have to
1: realize that and not count on him in big situations. (laughs) Unfortunately,
0: yeah, and let the Washington Nationals beat you, beat, go to the divisional play, divisional championship. I think the Cardinals win in five again. Is it still out of five or is it a game it's seven? Game seven. Oh, so I think they win in. I'm going to say six. six. I was I going to say seven?
1: I think they'll win in six. I think the. What I want to have happen is I want. I want the Yankees to win. I want it to be Cards Yankees. Because mm. it's just.
0: That's a classic.
1: That's historic.
0: That's an historic game right it's there. It's
1: the, the two, two ball clubs with the most. <laughs> World Series championships, the Yankees, I think, at 24, and the Cardinals at 11. So, I mean, that's just, that's history right there. Yeah, it
0: is. Um, is.
1: But I think it'll probably be the Astros
0: in six. You think?
1: I think it will be. I think the Astros win in six, so I think it'll probably be Cards-Astros World Series.
0: Ooh, that Astros team is... That Astro team is... is They're
1: really, really good. So, we'll see if the Cardinals can hit, though, like they did in Game 5, even half of that. Yeah. Watch
0: out, because our pitching is good. Is it weird that I like um, listening to baseball games like this more than I do watching them sometimes? Absolutely not.
1: No, I do, too. I
0: like, there is something about, I don't like watching it. There's something like about listening, listening to, to a baseball game. Yeah.
1: It's very calming.
0: I, I listened to game four and all the craziness that happened. And I was like, this is probably better than if I was watching it on my TV. Like, Yeah. Because the announcers were great. Um, yeah. No, I, listening to baseball on the about radio. Radio baseball.
1: Because um, it's very much an old-fashioned sport. Yeah. So it just, like, just makes sense. Yeah. And it goes well together. It's a slower game, so it moves, it's more radio paced. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's, Whereas I think basketball that's is very, basketball is a horrible sport to listen to on the radio. Oh my gosh. Cause it's like pass here, pass here, pass <laughs> yeah. here. Baseball is very slow, which some people
0: don't like, but it's part of the game, part of the charm. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I was wondering if I was alone in that, but that no. makes sense that it's a, cause of the pace of the game. It's It's nice to listen to on the radio. Yeah. Um, Man, this is good. I, I love this time of year for sports because we have such good college football games. We're speculating about the NFL. We are getting the MOP playoffs and so And we're on the cusp of the NBA season. We are on the cusp of the NBA season, yep. So it's yep. just the big melting pot. It of is. Sports. We need to soak it in, enjoy it. We have the Red River Rivalry this Saturday between Oklahoma and texas um man this is always a closer game than i want it to be and i think in my opinion in my personal opinion i think it will be closer than we want it to be but the texas secondary is one of the worst in college football and it has some injuries so some of the texas starters for their defensive backs, or they're out. So, and that's where Lincoln Riley punishes you is in the deep end, and those deep passes. Mm. So, really, it could get ugly. It could get ugly quick. Um, it's going to be a, a crisp 67 degrees. Oklahoma's line is minus 10 and a half. And I think that's about how much they'll win by a field I, goal and a touchdown. I would
1: agree. Um, I don't. Texas defense is not good, Mm-mm. so I think I think what we're going to see is OU is going to pound it down their throats at the beginning. I think the running game will get going early. Jalen Hurts will start completing some of those short passes, and they're just going to take it over the top against them. I agree. and it's just going to be it's going to be surgical.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm waiting for it. Yeah, I um I was kind of nervous about. OU's rough start to Kansas, but I mean, don't take those games too seriously. I mean, and we ended up destroying them, but it's kind of just like, kind of makes you nervous, but I feel like we'll be ready for this Texas team. Um, we um, we come into the game as the matchup predictor on ESPN is a 79.7% chance of us winning, which I don't even know how they've determined that. How do they determine the percentage of chance of winning between the teams? I don't understand that. I have no clue. Uh, OU scores 53 points per game up until this point. Texas scores 41. They allow, OU allows 19, and Texas has allowed 26.5 points. That's nice to see from OU's side that we're allowing less than 20. It's only one point less, but it's less than 20 points a game. It's more so than I can say for last year. We're we're taking steps in the right direction. Um, we have just our offense has no one's been able to stop us at all. I mean, it's it, no one has been able to stop it. I mean, you can kind of say the same for Texas. Their offense is good, but their defense cannot stop anyone. I mean, they cannot. If oh, if Oklahoma State can put up thirty points, if West Virginia can put up thirty-one, and LSU can put up thirty-eight, then I have no doubt in my mind, we'll be able to outscore Texas. I'd agree. No doubt in my mind. I don't know if this game pushes us into that top four. I kind of need it to because the rest of the Big 12 doesn't look fantastic. And I don't know if... We'd probably have to go undefeated for, for us to be in that top four spot. But... Who knows? I
1: think to get the tie, yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I think OU would have to just annihilate Texas twice. Yeah.
0: Yeah, because I assume Texas will be there again for the Big 12 championship. Yeah. I just Um, don't. (sighs) One of these games is going to be
1: closer than it should be.
0: Oh, yeah. As it always is. As it always is. As it always is. It's hard to beat a team twice. It is. It's It's hard to beat a team twice. So... All right, that I mean, let's just get into our picks. Uh, I don't even want to talk about last week. Um, maybe we should just tell them what we did. We tell them how bad it was. So last week was not our shining moment. <laughs> um,
1: Zach, you you were zero and four oh, on picks. Gosh. I was I was oh. one and three. Oh god. Uh, so overall, I'm four and eight right now, and you are five and seven.
0: What are you, four and eight? I'm four and eight. Okay, so it's only a one-game difference. So we really need this week Both of us have losing records. Oh, how the turntables. Oh, man. Okay, okay, okay. Okay. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. Uh, Okay. Well, I have one, two, three. It's three games and then an upset pick. Yep. Okay. So we're from Oklahoma, so it's just or I'm from Oklahoma, you're from Missouri, but now I'm an expat. You're in you're an uh Oklahomian now. Um we'll start off with Bedlam. Bedlam, OU versus Texas. Who do you got in this game, Ross? I'm taking OU. Taking OU? I am. Boomer Sooner. I'm going Oklahoma wins this game. Um and I think they win it pretty convincingly. Next stop on the train is Alabama, Texas A&M. Alabama, Texas A&M. I'm getting back on the board this week. I'm saying Bama. <laughs> <laughs> um, here's, here's my thing with Bama, okay? And I'm to the point where I'm, I have a losing record, okay? I have a losing record. I have nothing to lose. Um... Alabama has not played a ranked team yet. True. Alabama has not played a ranked team yet. And on the other hand, you have an A&M team that has played Clemson and Auburn. Two very very good teams. And guess what? Those games were kind of close. Those games were kind of close. Not Clemson, but that Auburn game, it's 28-20. They lost by eight points. Now they almost lost to Arkansas, thirty-one twenty-seven. But hopefully that was a fluke. Hopefully that was a fluke. <laughs> it is at College Station. I'm going to go. Texas A&M beats Alabama, and I will, I will bear the weight of the disgrace. There,
1: I... there is the hot take <laughs> that you people tune into this show to hear.
0: <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's my pick. There's. So I think the the okay. last
1: game that we should pick is Florida LSU.
0: I agree. I usually pick them based off of rank.
1: I think this is this is the. This is a tough one for me. This is I a really big a bad
0: team. Big game. I really thought Florida was worse than they appear to be.
1: They're better without Felipe Franks. Their backup quarterback. It must be
0: that. Felipe was horrible. Both of their backup quarterbacks are better than Felipe Franks. Yeah, I don't know how that guy won the starting job. I'm just going to be completely honest. Senority, I don't know. I guess. Yeah. They put it on Auburn 24-13. Man, that LSU team is good. That's a really good LSU team. Florida's fast, but LSU has that. Really stud quarterback. Yeah, Burrow. Burrow. But you know what? They have played Texas. And guess how many points they let Texas score? 38. 38 points. I think Florida beats LSU. I think Florida beats LSU. I think they are coming off a fantastic win. Um yes, they have to go into Death Valley and they have to play that LSU team. But I think Florida coming off the win against Auburn is going to have a lot of confidence for them going into this game. So I think Florida Florida beats LSU.
1: I'm also going to go Florida over LSU. Okay.
0: And I'm only doing this because whenever Mizzou beats Florida, it's (laughs) going to look even better. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, have the end in mind, the end goal in mind. Give you your upset pick. No, do you of the week? You go first. I do. Mine was a disaster. Mine was a disaster. <laughs> Mine was also a disaster last <laughs> week.
1: Um, however, this week I'm feeling pretty confident in this pick. I'm taking Iowa over Penn State.
0: Okay, okay. Iowa over Penn State. Yep, yep, yep. Iowa. Really let me down last week as they crapped the bed against Michigan. Um, they should have won that game. They should have won that game. They couldn't put any freaking points. They couldn't on board. put any points. If you, they literally could have scored a touchdown and won that game. Exactly. Oh, horrible, 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 horrible. I'm gonna go a different route. I'm gonna go a different route because I really think I just have a prejudice against Notre Dame. And I want them to be exposed for who they are. I think USC is not a horrible team. Um, they show signs of life. And I think Notre Dame hasn't really shown me a whole lot. Yes, they played the a close game against Auburn. But I don't know. Or was it Auburn or Georgia? I think it was Georgia. They got Georgia. ran over by Georgia. Yeah. Um, I just want to go to Notre Dame. I'm trying to look at their past games. Um, shoot, what is going on? Yeah, they beat Virginia by 15 points. Whoop-de freaking do! Virginia was ranked for some unknown, forsaken reason. Okay, I think USC goes into Notre Dame and beats Notre Dame. I have two pretty outlandish picks. I have a and beating Alabama, and I have this game right here. My thing is, one of these weeks, these picks are going to come out true. I know, I know. Something's going to happen. I started off nice, and then all it takes is one week for you to just not win any games, and then you, you basically crap the crap bed. bed. Yeah. Yeah. But, nevertheless, that is what I'm going with. That's my That's my upside pick, USC over Notre Dame. Classic game. These teams hate each other. I think USC goes in and surprises the surprises of a lot of people. Um, let's see here. All right, that wraps up this episode for Street Smart Sports Podcast, but we are doing another podcast because we got an overwhelming response from our last movie review of Joker. So... You should see this on your feed by the time, if you're listening to this one, this should probably come up as well. Um, We are doing a movie review over Gemini Man. Now, give me 30 seconds, Ross, of what you thought about Gemini Man without spoiling it. (laughs) It's no Joker. I'll say that. We
1: went from a beautiful masterpiece in Joker to a... 2002 playstation 2 game (laughs) Graphics wise Uh Gemini man I don't really know what to say about it I'm gonna let the other podcast speak Because it just Left me
0: feeling empty inside (laughs) Very very empty Left me feeling very empty If you've ever seen any spy movie ever before You're gonna guess what's coming in Gemini man Alright thanks for tuning in for uh, street smart sports podcast closing remarks ross as always thank you so much for listening to the street
1: smart sports podcast you can find us on apple podcast or wherever you may listen to podcast uh, leave us a review subscribe to our show to um, see when new episodes come live um, thank you so much for listening this has been the street smart sports podcast